I don't doubt for a second that people dislike being overweight, out of shape, having chronic health problems, having no energy, not fitting into their clothes. I don't doubt for a second that people don't like that. But I will tell you this is that all those same people truly hate the solution to those problems. Welcome to the show where we help you make smart nutrition simple. If you want proven nutrition strategies to help you build a better body and create the energy to show up for your family without overly restrictive and unrealistic dieting, then you're in the right place. Make sure to subscribe and enjoy this episode. PJ, welcome to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. What's up, brother? Not much, Ben. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. It's great having you on. I'm, I'm definitely a fan and been following your work for a little bit. And I uh, appreciate your no-nonsense approach to uh, nutrition and fitness. And so tell me, brother, what is it that you do, obviously, when you're not uh, here podcasting? Okay, so I uh, I owned a several different personal training facilities uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio from 2004, I guess, 2004 to 2016. And uh, about five years ago, uh, I wanted to make a change. I saw where the uh, where the industry was going. I wanted mm-hmm. to be able to leverage technology uh, to provide a, a greater service to my clients to uh, impact more people, uh, provide a more comprehensive and budget friendly alternative to the traditional in person training model. And frankly, Ben, I was when I started training people when I was freshman yeah. year of college. Yeah. So I mean, we're talking 1997. I started training people. And you train that long in person, man, and it'll chew you up and spit you out. And I, I knew, I, I knew I was, I was coming to the, mm-hmm. to the end of that. Uh, so in 2016, I started to transition, started to, uh, um, you know, give up a lot of my clients to an independent contractor in my, in my gym. Uh, and then that same IC, uh, eventually I sold him all my equipment. He took over the lease and I just started to transition fully uh, to online training. And uh, that was five years ago, and, and the rest is history. That's amazing. Very, very similar background to you as, you know, training clients from 2003, training athletes initially, and then general population for years and years up until 2015 started to go online. And so very similar background. Let me ask, what do you think it was about your background and your experience training people in person that you've been able to leverage positively into your, you know, online experience, right? Because there's so many online coaches now, but I'm of the opinion that obviously a lot of the newer online coaches don't have that, that background that they can parlay into really helping people get good results. I 100% agree from the interpersonal aspect of it. You got to know how to communicate with people. You got to know how to feel people out from a lot of different demographics uh, with a lot of different circumstances. Cause you know, most of this Ben, as you know, is, is, uh, it's adult psychology and adult psychiatry in, in some cases. Exactly. Um, and that's unless you've had trench time working with people in person in either a private or semi-private model. I'm not saying you can't pull it off having not done that, but I think your your uh, chances for success are exponentially greater if you have that type of time. I'll also say this from developing training programs from that standpoint and that aspect of it. <laughs> if you don't have any in-person experience, right. with people, it, it's highly unlikely that you're going to be able to write effective training programs. If you know, I, have, I probably have, I don't know, uh, 20,000 
mm-hmm. hours of per- personal training, dealing with people um, with all different orthopedic issues and all different Same. circumstances. So it's very hard to know, you know, be able to take a questionnaire and in your intake paperwork from an in-person client and write a good training program if you haven't done that thousands yeah. and thousands and thousands of times before. It's very hard uh, to be able to know, you know, what exercise progressions and regressions do you start somebody with? Um, how do you progress people through a program? So all that stuff. So again, I don't want to see you can't have success having not done in-person training, but I think your chances of having a lot of success are exponentially greater if you have. And you have to be able to spend the time seeing just how people move, right? Yeah. And, and and understanding all of the nuances of that. And like you said, orthopedic issues and everyone's got something and it's all good and well when you give someone a training program, you know, and you expect them to do a bent over row and it's like, okay, I can see they're doing their sets and their reps, but then they send you a video or something you're like, holy shit, like this is, you know, the antithesis of the form that I expected. And, and we know even just with clients in person is like, even when we're standing over them, it's constant course correction and cueing and changes. And so, obviously with the online space comes uh, the variability therein of trying to toggle between helping someone get great results, understanding that they need to be going under a comprehensive training program while mitigating any additional orthopedic issues. Well, and that's the thing. And it's usually like the, the path of least resistance in exercise selection when you're, totally. when you're dealing with an, with an online clientele. I mean, and you can, I mean, I can tell from the intake paperwork, what this person can handle. Had I not done this for 12 years in person, it'd be very, very difficult for me to know. And, you know, and here's the other thing, Ben, I got, I don't know, 109 clients online. I'd say a quarter of them train at home and are rank beginners. And you know how that goes. It's, you know, what do you have for your in-home setup? Well, I got three pound dumbbells and like some (laughs) some theratubing I got from physical therapists when I had a shoulder problem. And a deflated Swiss ball. Correct. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's without that in-person experience and knowing how to scale things for people of different fitness levels, you're going to have a real rough go of it. hundred percent. So t- tell me a little bit about the demographic that you work with and, and, and I guess uh, cue us in a little bit more about what, what it is that you actually provide in terms of your coaching expertise. I'll call it gen pop, um, typical busy uh, adults, moms and dads, mm-hmm. professionals with a lot of different competing demands in their life, a lot of different uh, life circumstances. I'd say the average age range, I'm dealing with people from late 20s up to early 60s. Yep. So that, you know, that I'd say that 40 to 50 year old demographic is, yep. is kind of where, where it falls mostly. Um, and I specialize in body composition improvement, whether that be hypertrophy, fat loss, recomposition, which is very, very rare unless you're two or three demographics of people. Um, I don't get into the performance end of it. Um, No sports performance training, no power lifting. If you want to look better naked, I'm the dude. So whatever, whatever aesthetic type of goal you have, that's what I, that's what I specialize in. What's kind of the um, general behaviors and habits, if you will, that someone is implementing when they come to you that you could kind of say is, uh, again, uh, generalized across the board? My whole goal of my program is I help overweight, unfit, tired adults change their habits and teach them how to live a fitness lifestyle. That's it. If you look at 
general society and you look at how people eat and exercise, 70 to 80% of the year is spent eating like garbage, whatever they want, however much they want, no thought behind it whatsoever, maybe sporadically doing some in quotes, workouts here and there. Right. That's 70 to 80% of their year. Well, eventually someone gets disgusted with how they look, with how they feel, whatever it might be. And gosh, darn it, I'm going to do something about it. Okay. And then they spend 20 to 30% of the year. All right. Doing stupid crap and stupid diets and stupid workout programs in two to three week little pockets for 20 to 30% of the year. Right. Rinse and repeat from age 22 until age 62. And this is how people pile on 30, 40, 50, 60 pounds and develop all these chronic health conditions. What I want to do is flip that whole thing around. Let's do the right stuff 70 to 80% of the time. Let's develop an identity around all this. Okay. And then the nice thing is when you do that, that's the fitness lifestyle. It's what you do the majority of the time, not all the time. If you're doing the right stuff, three quarters to 80% of the time, the other 20 to 30% doesn't matter. You can enjoy stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, it's getting people to, to flip that script around. And there's a lot of, I always say there's a lot of undoing that has to be done. I mean, changing adult behavior is very, very difficult, very difficult. Absolutely. And that's what my whole program is about. It's getting people to identify with this lifestyle and develop these boring ass habits. And it's very, very difficult to do. And I'll be straight up with you. And you know, you see all these trainers and coaches online that talk about how all of my clients get results. And I had this, this fantastic retention rate. Bullshit. Bullshit. Three out of 10 in my estimation yeah. succeed, even in yeah. my program. Okay, even in my program, I'm, I'm straight up transparent about that. Anybody who tells you otherwise is lying to you. Yeah, no, I appreciate the transparency and, and you're dead on, man. Most people just don't want to put in the work. The, the nuts and bolts of how I approach things is I am heavy, heavy, heavy on education and continuing education. The first week of my program is learning, period. I have an entire video series. I teach you how to count calories track protein, use nutrition tracking apps. And it's seven hours of video. And I have it on their calendar every day as a new video. That's it. That's the first seven days of my program is learning. It's learning how to use my app, et cetera. And so I'm developing their program in that mm-hmm. time. It's mandatory that they do that. And I, I know if they haven't done it because I, I start getting all these questions that are clearly answered in these videos. And I also have a manual, a 34 page manual that is required reading for every new client. Okay. It's mandatory. And I'll know if somebody didn't do it. And, and people know this. I make it, I'm very, very clear with this. When somebody reaches out for me for training, I almost do an anti-sales responder email. I'm ridiculously upfront. This is what you're getting yourself into. And this is what my program requires. Bullet point list. This may or may not be a fit for you. If you think it's going to be a fit for you, let's schedule the sales call. If not, I don't need, I don't need you. <laughs> I don't yeah, need no, you. that's great. That way you're weeding out people who, I mean, for the most part, are not, it's going to be a waste of their time and your time. So once they get through that first week of education, I've developed their program. I've, you know, I've taken all their intake paperwork and this and that. Now, the way that the program works is they are required to check in with me daily on my app. All right. Surrounding three areas. And these are habit trackers on their calendar. Did you achieve your calorie goal today and not go over it? You check a box, yes or no. Did you achieve 10,000 steps a day? You check a box, yes or no. Did you do your scheduled workout today or take your scheduled off day? You check a box, yes or no. They are required to check those boxes every day. And I monitor that like a hawk. Every check-in that comes across my laptop, it's reviewed. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. It's all day long. I am either on my phone or on my laptop or I'm at the park or I'm in between sets in the gym. And so I monitor their compliance. And in the 30 or 31 day month, we're shooting for 25, 26 days of consistency in all three of those areas. Okay. And then every two weeks, we do a deeper dive check-in where we, I look at their responsiveness. I look at their compliance and I will make adjustments to their nutrition and or training, usually nutrition on an as needed basis. And so that's, you know, my, my training programs are set in six or eight, eight week blocks. So that that's kind of how it works. My, my thing is communication with these people. It, it's being honest with, with, with these folks. For instance, if somebody's if I'm looking at a check-in on nutrition and calories and I see Lindsay or whoever, three out of the last four days, she's marked that she's been over her calories. She's going to get a direct message from me on my app. Or she's going to get an audio message from me. So I, I'm big on verbal communication. These people have to feel like you're in it with them, that you don't want to disappoint them. And in turn, they won't want to disappoint you. And they don't want to be forgotten about. They, they want value. And they appreciate seeing me visually, hearing me verbally, and going that, that extra step. Here's why a lot of online coaches don't succeed. Their responsiveness is terrible. Terrible. Like, just terrible. My, my goal with my client they're going to get a same day response. And oftentimes they're going to get one to 15 minutes. I've had so many clients from other coaches, well-known coaches who charge a lot of money. They're like, I can't get this person to respond to me. I ask him a question. I don't get a response for, for three weeks. So that's kind of how my program works. Yeah. It's, it's heavy on accountability, heavy on education. And ultimately I'm trying to, to teach people how to fish with this. Like as I'm sure you are. Yeah. One of the things that you touch on heavily here that makes your program so successful is obviously the educational component, but also the accountability standpoint, the direct communication and the ongoing accountability, which I believe, and I'm sure you'd agree with me, is probably one of the most important aspects that helps people be successful because let's take it back to the fact that you said, you know, 70, 80% compliance is what's necessary throughout the year um, in order to be successful. But I want to preface this and say, this isn't necessarily compliance around ridiculous things. As you said, it's maintaining some semblance of control around your calorie intake. So just tell us a little bit about these baseline habits that you help people implement. When you enter, dare I say it, a fitness journey, it's hard, it's change, it's tedious, it's tedious. And you feel overwhelmed at first, but if you keep punching the clock, and being consistent, it gets less and less tedious. And then you start seeing results by taking action. And then the results are motivating. You want to take more action. And this is a skill set. If I wanted to be good at golf, I wouldn't go to the driving range once, say, I'm not very good at this and just, you know, quit. You're not going to be good at it immediately. So it's it's literally punching the clock and doing it consistently until you, you gain some competency and mastery over this process. And it, and it, it takes months or years. Right. And that's just, that's just what it is. I, I'll give you an example. My girlfriend's 15 year old just got his temps. I'm in a car with him. It takes him 10 times the amount of time to drive to target than it does me. However, four months from now, it's not going to be that way anymore. Same thing with these habits and same thing with learning how to track calories and same things with, uh, pre-planning your meals the night before. Same thing with going to the gym three or four times a week. It's overwhelming at first. It's cumbersome. You don't like it. But if you just keep showing up, you start to develop an identity around it. You start to gain competency and mastery around this entire process to where then it just becomes who you are and what you do. And Mm -hmm. you're doing it because you want to do it. And you like like the way it makes you look, look and feel, not because you have to do it. 
And this is this does not happen in a six week boot camp challenge or whatever. Right. Somebody's doing it, you know, the dry January and, and push up challenge at work in your office. This does not happen in six weeks or six months or a year. It takes at least a year, if not more, because, you know, you have all these habits that you've acquired and accumulated, mostly bad in terms of lifestyle over 20, 30, 40, maybe 50 years. You're not going to undo all that in six weeks. You're just not. So, you know, it would be easy just to sell bright light six week programs and, you know, all that stuff online and get people, a bunch of people to sign up. That's not what I want. I want people to learn how to do this stuff because this is a force multiplier in your life, period, end story. It's going to make you a better spouse, a better business person, a better employee, a better father or mother, a better friend. You're going to have robust energy, robust health. The juice is very much worth the squeeze, but it takes a long, long, long time to get into that mode to where you're like, I really like living this way. I don't doubt for a second that people dislike being overweight, out of shape, having chronic health problems, having no energy, not fitting into their clothes. I don't doubt for a second that people don't like that. But I will tell you this is that all those same people truly hate the solution to those problems. So until someone reaches a point to where they don't like necessarily still like the work that goes into to, to solving their problems, but they, they, they see the problem is, is worse than the work that goes into it, yeah. nothing's going to happen. And for some people that takes getting diabetes or having a heart attack or whatever it might be to get them into that mode to where they'll do it. Most people who say they want to get fit, they're just still too comfortable because if if there's evidence-based strategies and and protocols and principles that can solve your problem and you're not taking advantage of them, there's no code to crack here. We know how to do this. We know how to get in shape. If you're not taking advantage of that and it's out there, that's an indication that you're fine exactly where you are for right now. You won't mm-hmm. be later on, but for right now you are. My coaching program is very similar to yours. It's, there's no BS. It's like, look, this is going to take a long time and it's going to take a lot of work and, and energy and effort, but it doesn't have to feel super complicated. It's not yeah. like we're restricting everything, you know, in perpetuity, um, like a lot of the diets. But with that said is, is this level of leeway of you have to allow people that the time and give them the space to screw up enough to the point where they come to the realization, this is going to take a lot longer and it's going to be a lot more challenging than I anticipated and all of the bullshit out there is just that. And I think that that's necessary to some degree because we all want the magic bullet in whatever capacity that is. But just like anything else, just like learning how to swing the golf club, it's like you're just not going to be able to hire a golf instructor and and get good in a week or a month or a year, right? It's just not going to happen. And so I actually appreciate uh, when people have had enough exposure to all of these different fad dieting practices because then they're actually aware of what it's going to take to to be successful. I couldn't agree more with what you said. And here's what I always try to explain to people. When you're trying to reach your fitness goals and body composition goals, weight loss goals, whatever they might be, there is nothing you can't enjoy in that process. Nothing you can't celebrate, nothing you can't indulge in during that process of getting fit and getting in shape, provided that it is actually a special occasion and worth enjoying. The holidays, the the vacations, the life milestones, the life events, the the birthdays, the anniversaries, have at it, enjoy those. But look, man, that might be 70 to 80 days a year, but you can enjoy all that stuff if the caveat being, if you're willing, this goes back to the 70 to 80%. The other 70 to 80% of the time, you're living the fitness lifestyle and you're executing the habits 
necessary. And then look, if somebody thinks that that's, that's diet prison, like you just, you're not ready to do this yet. Like if being able to enjoy all the holidays and, and special occasions and vacations and everything else with food or food and or alcohol, and you don't have to track calories on those, if that's not enough fun for you, like you got problems way more than food. It's just taking and owning a level of responsibility around your, your lifestyle. That's absolutely necessary. And this is not getting shredded, man. This is just living a healthy lifestyle with exactly. all of that we're, that we're confronted with and bombarded by on a daily basis is you actually have to be very proactive now um, in order to be healthy, in order to separate yourself from everyone else, because the majority of people are living Homer Simpson lifestyles. That's a, I like that. That's exactly right. And a lot of people like, to your point, they think that this is like so overwhelming and so restrictive. Look, if you're, if you're a 40 year old male and you're under 20% body fat, are you going to be shredded and magazine cover sh shredded? No. However, you're in the 20th percentile. I'm talking about in a good way. Just be another 20% body fat. Like you're pretty reasonably healthy at that level. If you're a woman over 40 and you're under 26% body fat, right. you're healthy. So in order to get to that level, it doesn't take this all encompassing, got to be perfect every day and hold myself up in the house and count calories all the time right. and live and breathe exercise. That's not what it takes. So it's, it's making people understand this type of stuff and making people aware, hey, you got to plan your imperfection. Okay. John Goodman said this, let's keep the special stuff special. Right. Right. The way that the, we live in this convenient society and this immediate gratification society, it's like every damn day is a special occasion. Yeah. I just did a whole day of work. Now I deserve yeah. wine and, and cake. Pop the wine. Yep. Uh, it's taco Tuesday. It's wine Wednesday. Oh, it's Thursday. And, you know, my kid scored a basket at his game. We're going to go out and have wings. Uh, sports on Saturdays. And this is how people live their lives. That That's the majority of people. It's not good. <laughs> like, I don't, I can't imagine living my life that way. I just could never, you just feel awful all the time. So, yeah. But you also get used to feeling awful. And obviously that, you have exactly plenty of clients right. that are like, I didn't realize how shitty I actually felt. And I can appreciate that analogy. If we were to map out a year and say, look, you have, what did you say? 70 days out of, out of a year. I, you know, I, I have an, I have a tracker for my clients. It's, it's kind of just kind of a guide. I call it the off plan nutrition tracker. And I came up with like every conceivable special event, holiday yeah. vacation. I factored in all this stuff. I mean, mother's day, father's day, your siblings birthday, all of this stuff. And it came out to be like 73 days. Yeah. I even had like 24 wild card days in there too, right? I'm a huge football fan. The Cincinnati Bengals were ecstatic there in the AFC yeah. title games. That that to me, that's a special that's a wild card whatever day for me. I'm gonna eat wings, I'm gonna eat cheese dip, I'm gonna do it all. But it's 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 really it's getting people in in tune with that to where that's a lot of days right. in a year. This isn't diet prison. It doesn't have to be that way. Well, I, I appreciate that aspect and that, and that analogy and that approach because we have generally this overweight population. They're coming to us and they say, look, I want to get in shape. I want to get healthy. I want to get lean. And I, I believe that in their perspective, getting lean looks like 10%, you know, for males, 10% body fat for females, 15% right. body fat. And it's this huge disconnect around what reality looks like, how long that would potentially take, how aggressive they need to be. And then yeah. when we speak actually the truth around, look, we just want you to start to encompass the behaviors and the habits that are going to help you obviously get healthier, lose, lose weight, lose body fat, improve your energy, improve your eating habits, right? And you can do that 
by still having plenty of what we call flexibility and freedom throughout the year. But you have to take responsibility for when that is and how you're going to structure that in. Exactly. It's opportunity cost. You can have fun, but you have to accept the opportunity cost to where the fun is a quarter to 30% of the year. The work is is the 70 to 80% of the year. If you, if you accept that, you can have fun, enjoy life, and you can look and feel great. You look at a teeter-totter that's perfectly level, right? That's balance. 50% of my days, are they're free-for-alls. I'm eating, I'm drinking, I'm, I'm laying on the couch, Netflixing. And then the other half of my days are, I'm good. I'm strict. I'm counting my calories. I'm working out. Sorry, that's not going to cut it. If you want to get and stay fit, you're never going to have this perfect level teeter-totter. It's always going to be weighed more on the mm-hmm. end of good habits and the, and the hard work and the tedious stuff. It, that's just the reality of it. Yep. So this whole notion of balance, I think, is a, is a pipe dream for the most part. And one of the ways that we look at it is, is what we call nutrition seasons, is basically saying, look, if we were to map out a year, which we often do with clients, is like, tell me, you tell me when you have the leverage to be a little more strict and when you okay. kind of want to be your leanest, if you will. I mean, it's kids spring break, it's summer vacation, we're traveling. And then of course, we need to factor in what we call the life bumps. It's like, shit's gonna hit the fan. Like there's going to be a death in the family. There's going to, you're going to get COVID and be out for a couple of weeks, whatever. Like there's going to be stuff that's coming in. We have to factor that in. And then when do we need to be focused on more on performance so that we can leverage more calories? It's always right going to be undulating. It's just us determining um, what that structure looks like for you so that you can actually commit to those periods where it's like, look, we got to hunker down and do some work here, but you're going to build that foundation so that we have more flexibility and freedom. We can hang out in maintenance. We can cycle calories more. You can have the birthdays and and the summer break and get a little loose and, and whatever. So what are your main needle movers that people need to own? Did you weigh and measure food? Did you quanti- quantify not qualitative, quantitative nutrition, right? Did you, were you reading food labels? Were you scanning barcodes? Were you using nutrition tracking apps? That's, on, that's an on-point day for nutrition. That way we know reasonably within a little range, yeah, you were probably in a calorie deficit and didn't go over your calories. If you can do that 25 or 26 days a month for six, 12, 18 months, boom, there's your fitness transformation. Let's t- let's take your typical adult female who's between, I don't know, 140 to 190 pounds, right? If these people were to drop on average a half a pound per week for a year, sometimes some weeks it's more, some weeks it's less, some weeks they blow it and it's they gain. But if on average for, for 12 months, that's a 26 pound weight loss, right. that's the fitness transformation that they all want. You can have it. You got to be able to play the long game though. And you've got to be able to execute this stuff, not perfectly, but consistently. So having these, these very quantified objective metrics to hit, I always tell, look, month, 30, 31 days, you got you to do this 25 times. Yeah. Boom. Do that month after month after month. You won't recognize yourself in a year and you can still enjoy all this other stuff. You know, all the special stuff, have at it. Enjoy the food. Understand that if you wouldn't have an off plan or exception, I call them exception days. Yes. You get on the scale the next day, the scale is going to be up temporarily. You say, okay, I chose to do that. I'm going to remain consistent and check these boxes of being 25, 26 days on point. The scale is going to come back down. I'm going to make more net progress. Okay. So what's some of the pushback that you get around why it's too difficult to do that consistently? All the time. These qualitative diet strategies 
trying to eat better. It's always trying, trying to eat more protein, trying to eat cleaner. I'm watching my portions. I'm eating more fruits and vegetables. That's all wonderful. Understand this, that in no way guarantees fat loss. Somebody who goes from a completely awful diet to doing these qualitative type things, you can make a little progress there for a, for a tad bit, but there is a, a very quick point of diminishing returns. So what are you going to do? Then you have to reconcile in your head. Well, if I want to make more progress, I have to be logical and I'm going to have to get quantitative with what I'm doing, which means Mm -hmm. calorie tracking. It means weighing and measuring food. It means using a nutrition tracking app. It means knowing what my calories are and need to be and not surpassing them no more than four or five days, six days per month. People tell me what they eat all the time. They give me this, this laundry list of stuff that they eat. And I just sit there and I say, how much? How many calories are you eating? Well, I don't know. Well, there's your problem. People that are just, I just don't have time for the calories. I'm like, okay, if you don't want to do it, that's fine. But just understand, as long as you're cool with this, right. you are not going to make any more progress than what, than what you, okay, you've lost seven pounds in the last six months doing it your way. Understand that that's what it's going to be and no more. So you can either decide you're going to hunker down and do what I'm telling you, or you're going to be cool with where you are. The pushback I get is it's hard. I'm sorry, but counting calories and using a nutrition tracking app, it's not hard. It is tedious. There's a difference between tedious and hard. Putting some food on a scale and doing third grade math and entering into an app is not hard. It's tedious. That's so when I get that pushback, I'm like, well, the number one, no, it's not hard. Number two, it gives you control over the whole process. And without control, there isn't going to be any change for you. Number three, embrace it because now you can eat a lot more than what you've probably tried to eat in the past when you, you know, when you weren't tracking calories, you can fit in some 10, 15% of your calories as fun food. Mm -hmm. There's benefits to calorie tracking. Everybody wants to look at the drawbacks of it and the negatives to it. The more you practice tracking and counting and weighing and measuring and using nutrition tracking apps, the less tedious it gets to where eventually you might have five or 10 minutes a day wrapped up in the whole thing. Right. So it's really the highest ROI driver of success. By virtue of developing these skills, you're actually consistently visualizing what meal portions look like. That in and of itself is going to help you develop the tools to learn how to eat intuitively if and when you don't want to track, because I don't believe that everyone should have to track in perpetuity, then you're going to be that much more informed. You're going to be that much more able to make good decisions. As you say, it's it's going to be part of your identity of how you fuel yourself on a daily basis, but you have to put in the work to get to that point. Got to develop the skill set and the knowledge. Intuitive eaters spent 10 years tracking. You got to have good intuition to eat intuitively. And if you, if you haven't tracked and you don't, no clue, you have no idea. If you wanted to track calories and count calories in like the mid nineties, there's a 400 page book right. of calorie counts that you'd have to literally like take to the store and look up. Now, I'm sorry, this technology is amazing. Yeah. You can pull out one of a dozen different tracking apps, scan a barcode. You can copy and paste stuff. You can change amounts. You can look up stuff in a database. You can create custom foods. The, the it's hard is no longer a mm-hmm. valid excuse. It's just tedious. I would love your approach because you mentioned, uh, obviously, you have a, a long background in training individuals in person and now obviously online. Let's talk very briefly about the benefits of strength training as it pertains to body composition change and health. Because what I see is obviously a lot of people doing a lot of different nonsense in terms of 
physical activity that isn't contributing to their body composition goals. So just yep. like, what's the nuts and bolts in your professional experience? People always ask, well, you know, what's your training philosophy? I'm like, it's basic pro progressive resistance strength training. It's doing good sound movements, log booking your stuff, not program hopping, pushing sets to a point to where you're within a, a rep or two of muscular failure or two failure. It's trying to progress in weight and or reps. Most people aren't getting anything out of their training because they're doing 10 rep sets with 20 rep weights. If, if the last couple reps of your sets are not significantly slowing down on the lifting portion and or stopping, you aren't training hard enough and you're not going to drive any benefit out of it. I have this new client who uh, I wrote her program and she's like, well, can I do like the, these Peloton strength classes on my off days? No, it's, 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 it's mindless mechanical work. It's not real strength training. It's right. not, it's not contributing anything to anything. And it's all it's going to do is take away from your recovery capacity and your performance in the actual real workouts. All of this, these boot camps and these hit classes and that aren't even hit classes, no. these orange theories. And then this just, it's all so stupid, like lift weights in a systematized fashion with good evidence-based principles, three, maybe four days per week, walk a ton, a ton right. Best activity known to man, walking. And then I'm also a proponent of doing zone two cardio right. for maybe a total of 40 minutes a week, maybe two 20-minute sessions. When I say zone two, meaning you could complete a 15-word sentence and not have to stop. Heart rate 110 yeah. to 130. Yep. There's your right. formula, right? And also understand that if people want to be jacked or ripped or toned or contoured or it's all the same thing, right? Whatever nomenclature or verbiage you want to use to describe that look, everybody knows what that look is. You have to have enough developed muscle tissue, number one, and you have to have a low enough body fat percentage, if you so desire, for that contour and shape to show from beneath the skin. You will not get good muscular conditioning doing all this goofy stuff that everybody wants to do. Lift heavy weights, put mechanical tension on your muscles, Try to get stronger. If you you want your legs and butt to look better, go from doing walking lunges for three sets of eight with your body weight. Four months later, you're doing it with 30-pound dumbbells. I guarantee you that your ass and thighs will look better. Find the minimal effective dose. If you look at the way people attack fat loss training, it's the stupidest thing ever. It's like, <laughs> okay, we're going to cut your pay calories by 20%. All right? What if your boss yeah. did that to you? Would you then go out and, and start spending more money and opening up credit cards and accumulating more debt? Right. No, but this is exactly what people do. They go on a calorie restricted diet. Okay. And they, of course they don't want to track anything. So they go, they do the stupidest stuff imaginable and eat as little as they can because they're just trying to get, trying to get away from tracking it. And they're going to do five weight training sessions and four hit workouts. And they're right. going to do steady state for four hours a week. It's like, dude, what are you doing? I'm like, yeah, until they crash and burn and eat everything in sight and say, I'll start again you know, two months. When you have that discrepancy between energy coming in and energy going out, it's not going to end well for you. I have to tell people this all the time. Is, are, are these three workouts enough? Yeah, that's it, man. It's, and it's just less is more, right? Less is more. Manage your calories. Walk Always remember this to anybody listening. You, you bring the intensity to your workouts, not the other way around. I've been lifting weights for 25, 30 years. You could give me a, the most basic five exercise upper body workout, and I could make it work for me and, and make gains on it. Right. Because I know how to train hard. It's not about all this novel, goofy influencer stuff. It's 
good, sound, basic exercises that fit your structure that you can train hard on. Yeah. Well, the boring shit gets results. And that's what, you know, that's what we're fighting against is, is all the shiny objects out there that people want. Now, last thing I want to hit on here is alcohol and fat loss. What's your, uh, what's your take? What's the conversation with clients around? Hey, like how much can I have and still make progress? Okay. So here's the deal. Theoretically, yes, you can, you can fit alcohol in, into your calorie deficit diet. You, you can track it. You know, you can look on the Coors Light can and that's a, that's 95 calories, right? Okay. Or I can look up on MyFitnessPal, uh, ounce and a half of vodka. If you're going to have a vodka club soda. Okay, well, that's 102 calories. Cool. I'm just going to fit this into my calories for the day. Okay, well, well let's, let's theoretically say you're a 150-pound uh, woman dieting on 1,650 calories a day. Okay, so now you're going to use up 10, maybe 20% of your calories on alcohol. Alcohol has no nutritional value. It's preferentially metabolized by the body. Now, here's where it gets really fun. Alcohol lowers inhibition. Okay, so you're already hungry for being in a calorie deficit. Now your inhibitions lower. And I also say that alcohol is the, is the biggest appetite stimulant I know of. If you give me one drink and I'm in a calorie deficit, my hunger goes from an expected level of hunger in a deficit to Mach 50. So now you justify, well, you know, I'll just, I'm going to, I want to go over my calories a day by trying to fit this 200 calories of alcohol into your daily calories. Now you end up eating a thousand calories more than you intended to. Your sleep's terrible. Okay. You toss and turn all night. You don't get good sleep. What's poor sleep lead to your appetite hormones are all effed up, right? Mm -hmm. So you wake up the next day, you're already hungry for being in a calorie deficit for however long. Now your appetite hormones are all messed up. Now your cravings are through the roof. You slept like crap. You don't want to go to the gym. You don't move. So theoretically, yeah, you can fit alcohol in your calories. I've never seen it go well. I've never seen it work. Going back to my whole 25, five thing throughout the month. Right. If you're going to drink, do it on a planned off plan day. Drink up and live with the consequences of it, but don't try to fit it in on a normal day. You leave that for the special occasion. That's my advice. If somebody could make one change and they don't want to track macros or calorie, do any of that stuff, I would have to say, if you just quit drinking. Yeah. Without question. You'll probably just by default, a lot of your other habits are going to improve. It bleeds into literally every other area of your life, right? It's like if you're drinking, you're not sleeping. If you're not sleeping, your hunger and cravings are off. Your lower insulin sensitivity, you know, so you're going to be eating more food. You're not going to be moving as blah, 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 on and on and on. Energy, relationships, um, emotions, right? All of that stuff. So I would agree with you. It is absolutely crazy how socially acceptable it is when we fully acknowledge how bad it is for us and how it directly interferes with literally every area of our life. One last thing I'll say to anybody listening, look, the emotional eating thing is a massive problem. You are not going to fill an emotional void with food or drink. You're not. Okay. Whatever anxiety or stress, or whatever else that you're having, it's not going to solve your problem. Okay. If, if you're having a problem with your spouse, you standing in the pantry with a jar of peanut butter is not going to solve that problem. Okay. It's just going to be a double whammy because you're that, that's, that's the problem still going to exist, but now you've not honored the commitment that you made to yourself. So now you feel right. like crap about that too. So stress eating in response to stress never makes the original source of stress less stressful. That's a massive problem for people. At the end of the day, yes, we have these these behaviors that we need to follow. And and tangibly, it's like, yes, it's going to benefit you by tracking calories. But it's the nuance within that that we can really start to understand why we do what we do. When you look at your calorie tracking app and you're like, holy shit, I ate half a jar of peanut butter. 
what was going on. So when you can start to create more awareness around your existing behaviors by virtue of the fact that you've been tracking consistently, that's when you can really start to develop a much deeper understanding of why you do what you do if you are an emotional eater and or drinker and start to make change um, in your life. But otherwise, we're just running in this vicious circle of I keep yeah. I keep doing it and then I keep fe feeling guilty and shameful about it and then I won't eat and then I'll do it again and, and on and on. It takes a lot of time to get right too. All the more reason why we need to take structured and consistent steps to identify what those behaviors actually look like. And, and frankly, I think that tracking is one of those where we can be able to do that and obviously working with a great coach. So with that said, brother, um, where can people find out more about you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at PJ Street. That's S-T-R-I-E-T. -E it's the whole I before E except after C thing. Facebook, Coach PJ Street. And my website is revivefitnesssystems.com. Awesome. And all those links will be in the show notes. PJ, thanks so much, man. I great conversation. Great. Really, really enjoyed it. Great to connect. And uh, we'll have to do this again soon. I'd love it. Keep up the good work, man. Take care, brother. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you in your nutrition journey for free. One, grab a free copy of my Fat Loss Fix Guide at fatlossfixguide.com. Two, join my free group at smartnutritionmadesimple.com. Three, subscribe to my YouTube channel at smartnutritionmadesimpletv.com. Four, leave a five-star rating and positive review so that we can gain access to more nutrition experts ready to share their knowledge with you and ultimately help more people make smart nutrition simple. 